Hey everybody, welcome back to Contest Prep University, Joe Klimczewski and Adam Atkinson. We're going to chat a little bit today about how long should your pre-contest be? And I, you know, think of some of the cliche type things, Adam, that, that we've heard, you know, going back decades, like, oh man, you peaked too early. And some thoughts on that end of the continuum are maybe it's better metabolically to kind of swoop in, strategic strike, quick prep get it done and get out before you can see much carryover in the catabolic processes and that sort of thing. But I think you and I are both going to agree that the other end is where you get a little bit more benefit from the, the fact that you can just get leaner. And for those people who think that you can, quote, be ready too early, you have the biggest tool, which is to add food and, and bring your calories back up. So there is a point, though, and what I want to bring to the conversation a little bit, some of the hormonal consequences of just staying in a calorie deficit too long or being too lean under your metabolic set point too long, uh, things even to leptin and ghrelin and, um, you know, those those kind of substrates, hormones that can definitely create some, some impact uh, on how you look, even how you feel, maybe even rebound effects into your long-term health. So, uh, you know, just with that broad context and introduction, Adam, what are some of the bigger points that you think are important in, in deciding how long to diet? Yeah, well, one, long enough to be lean enough, right? And I, I think that one of the big things I see online is people are the first to kind of throw it out there. You've been prepping too long to somebody who is, you know, 20 pounds over their stage weight. And, you know, I think our industry is flooded with Olympians and top athletes who really don't need that long to prep. I've, I've had people who have prepped in nine or eight weeks and um, I'm still fascinated when it happens. I'm even more fascinated when they win and it happens. And you just say the, at the end of the day, you, you sometimes feel like you didn't do your job as a coach with those people, even when they win, because it was just so simple, you know, and, and there's definitely a genetic component. I, I think I tend to attract more of the biscuits from scratch people who need a lot more work, a lot more fine tuning. And uh, I actually like that because they make great transformations and they really have some great before and afters afterwards, which is much better than just acquiring somebody who already looks pretty good out the gates. So um, that was kind of one of the big things I did want to toss out there. Um, you know, you definitely can't say someone prepped too long if they're not lean enough. Now, there's also, did they have a great starting point? You know, what are, what are some issues they ran into? You know, sometimes there are people who are just really genetically not made to do this, and you're going to have to really push a lot harder, a lot longer, and that doesn't necessarily make it wrong to do so. And I think that's the big answer that, you know, everyone's looking for is like, well, when is it wrong to do that? Which I think we'll cover as we kind of go into this. Yeah. I like that you brought up that point about, um, you know, maybe this is just not the best sport for you genetically. I, I want to get back to that because I've got some examples, but you gave me a thought uh, just to kind of contrast two of my current clients because some of these are just idioms that we get used to. Uh, if if you were talking to me in the 
late 80s or 90s, everybody just thought a pre-contest period was 12 to 16 weeks. Like that's just what it was. You read that in Muscle Fitness Magazine, Flex Magazine. And so that's what you did. Obviously, you know, it depends, like you said, on your starting point. Because maybe 15 plus years ago, when I started writing about different phases of dieting and, and what you should kind of shoot for as you're moving along. And in those five epics that I would talk about in terms of a contest diet, the last one being what I called a metabolic building phase where you're actually increasing calories. It's sometimes novel for a client to hear that, well, we should really plan for about 20 to 24 weeks. That is kind of a mind dump to them. But the last four to six, we're going to be actually increasing calories in your quote, still dieting, but you're eating more, probably going to take some small diet breaks in between for travel, holidays, et cetera. So you really need 20 to 24 weeks to, to diet for about 16. But on, on the short end, I'll give you an example of a client of mine, uh, first time we have peaked together and he's a young male with a ton of muscle. I mean, he was... He was relatively lean, about maybe 12%, 11-12% at about 210 pounds or so. And, you know, me, I'm ready to jump the gun, get in there early. Let's let's get this rolling. We don't, we don't want to miss the opportunity to be lean enough. We want you to be the leanest on stage. So we started dieting and in about eight weeks. He was 180 pounds and looking like he could be on stage in a couple of weeks. So I'm like, okay, wait a second. Now that was... That you know, now we have to worry about adding food back in, making sure we have some calorie modifications, higher calorie days, maybe take a couple diet breaks as we did over the holidays when I, I saw him him getting this lean. So that kind of body type, he's he's very, very active just by the, the nature of some performance sport type things he does in addition to bodybuilding. Um but, you know, he is somebody who may benefit from a bit shorter of a, of a diet if, if you know, we find out that it was, it was just hard to maintain that lean body mass. But that is that is the, the very rare case for an exception. I, I think, as you said, most people really will benefit from taking a longer time, taking it in stages. Um, the, the other person, and then I'm going to pitch it back to you, is somebody who had not dieted for about 10 years. He was a competitor, a promoter, and just decided, as as so many people do, to kind of make a master's comeback. And um, I think, if I remember correctly, we started with probably about sixty to seventy pounds to lose. You know, he he was quite out of shape. So rightly, he has given himself more than a year to get ready, and he he took it in stages. He lost twenty or thirty pounds before he even started with me. Now he's lost another. 15 to 20, and we still have nine or 10 months. And now he's at about the point where I can say, okay, we're within 30 or 40 pounds. And so now this is going to be a little bit more of a normal season. But do you find, uh, whether it's the context of somebody being that heavy or not, that there is kind of a limit to dieting? Like when you reach this level, you've spent this much time in a calorie deficit bad things are happening physiologically and maybe we needed to or still need to come out into some diet breaks. Yeah, I think there becomes a point where 
you know, I think the hardest part about being a coach is you are not in that person's body 24 seven, but you know, there, there's, there's a point where you can only work under the pressure for so long for everyone. And, you know, that's where I would kind of say, you know, when I say someone maybe genetically can't do this, I think it's because their mindset doesn't match their genetics. Some people can push really hard for a really long time. They can go in and do grueling workouts, but they may not have the best genetics, but if they can push harder than most people longer, um, they can really make up some ground there. So yeah, if the mindset isn't matching the genetics, um, we may need to do a diet break to improve that mindset, improve that motivation a little bit. Um, can they stay motivated when they're not pushing to lose weight is the other question that comes with that. That becomes hard on people. So, yeah, I think that's really person dependent. You see it all the time. You get somebody close, they're maybe 10 pounds away. They're stalling. You give them a diet break, but then they can't stick to the, the diet break because it's moving in the opposite direction of the goal. But they also seem to not be able to push hard because they've been pushing so long and they're just kind of tapped out. Sometimes those clients come back in a year or two and they're like, I want to try it again. And somehow miraculously, they do end up you know, doing it. Sometimes it's outside life or stress factors. So it really depends on the person. I think sometimes our clients know even more than we do if they're going to make it or not, you know, and it depends on how long they kind of tether you along to, you know, grind through that process, you know, and, and I think a lot of times they do, and it takes way longer than most people might think. But when they make it, it feels great, you know. Mm. So there is some evidence psychologically that there's kind of a, a shelf life to dieting. And a lot of researchers who do nutrition research for a living uh, have have said some around three to five months, people are just kind of done. They're tapping out. And ironically, three to five months, the average right in there about four months is what we always used to think, like a 16-week diet, Right. Uh, I can I can grind it out and get this done. And, and then a lot of us just start to become bored or tired of it or enough life circumstances are piling up that it just becomes impractical. But, you know, for somebody who really does have that external drive of I'm going to win this contest, I'm going to have the best contest season of my life or the intrinsic motivation, somebody who's just doing it for their, their health, that I'm I'm already there. Like, I'm that person who's going to eat well and get this done. I don't care about the number. I'm I'm just mentally already, you know, in that state. Uh, I, I think we have to look, too, at um, some of the initial acute as well as chronic changes physiologically. So some of the things you can expect acutely, and this is a lot uh, to do with starvation studies or fasting studies, Within 12 to 14 hours of fasting, so obviously, you know, maybe your first night of having, you know, not not a late night snack and so forth, and you would call that kind of a time-restricted feeding model, but within that first day of calorie restriction, you're going to start seeing dips already, some changes in how your body's processing insulin and glucagon, leptin and ghrelin, 
um, you know, how your hypothalamus is, is managing hunger cues and so forth. You've got barometric receptors that are, you know, changing the, because of the nature of how empty your stomach is getting for how long between meal cycles, because of your dietary habit changes in a, in a calorie deficit. So all these things are an initial shock to the body. Uh, one of the, one of the things I, I just posted something today about a study that showed in a, in a very specific group of uh, subjects, you know, very specific, you know, all female, all postmenopausal, all overweight, they had a 6% drop in thyroid hormone. And that all happened within the first 10 days. Then the average person lost 45 pounds over uh, three to five months, ironically, the exact same figure, that's how long it took them. And they wanted to get everybody under 25 BMI, to, you know, to, to conclude this test. So it didn't matter when you did it, it's just that's when they did the final of four 10-day metabolic ward interventions where they would come in, do all this you know, blood work and so forth. And what they found is that 6% drop in thyroid hormone, T3, reverse T3, T4, correlated to an exact 6% drop in resting metabolic rate, never got any lower. And then all it took was the final 10 days of ramping food intake inpatient controlled back up to maintenance calories in their thyroid hormone panel went right back up 6%. Resting metabolic rate went right back up 6%. So this is obviously not a competitor driven study. These people didn't get down to 3% body fat, but at least in that context of a longer term diet, averaging four months, losing 45 pounds, you're okay with some resilience in terms of your metabolism. Now that's that's only one factor, but I, I think it goes to show that if you're doing things safely and you're not too insane on your calorie deficit levels, that you know you're you're you should feel confident that you can get the job done. And I think that's an important thing with people getting you know kind of bored or or they start worrying. Maybe I'm losing muscle. Maybe I'm losing you know metabolic capacity, and so I need to come out of this diet. And I think that that kind of mentality prevents people sometimes from going the distance. Yeah, there's a lot of scare factors out there. And uh, I I think less and less now we're seeing the age of coaching where people got a sheet of paper and a 900 calorie diet out the gates is gone. Um, because people like us promoting some better information and Eric Helms and Eric Trexler, you know, a lot of those guys have done some really sound research on this. Um, something I've seen is clinically um, doctors prescribing thyroid meds too quickly because of this too. Someone doesn't feel great post-show, their thyroid is suppressed. And, you know, practitioners definitely need to give these competitors time to bring their food up so their thyroid's can come back to normal. And if you're medicated too quickly, it's a pretty big mistake I see pretty often with uh, people who have maybe struggled post-show. So one of the things I have seen, and I don't want to add fear to people, um, I think I've actually seen a couple of people in our industry address this in the last few years, but um, there, there is a situation and I don't know if it's kind of like, you know, everybody, if they ever go on a diet that you've already done this, it's almost like having chicken pox, you, you get it once and you're done. 
uh, or if it's very contextual and genetic. But when you diet to a pretty low level of body fat, you do have some irreparable changes in things like leptin and ghrelin. In other words, you have triggered your genetics, your DNA to you know, think, quote unquote, that, you know, I'm starving, I need to conserve energy. And so you have these adaptive responses to try to slow down the metabolic processes. And then four months later, six months later, when you're done dieting, you, you bring your body fat back up a few points above your metabolic set point. And, and you would think, okay, everything is, is cool, right? Well, you, you may now have some change that does make it harder to diet again. And that, of course, should be mostly a cautionary tale against yo-yo dieting, because one of the studies that I saw in this context showed that the harsher and more frequently you cycled calorie deficits, that's when that tended to have some impact. So, you know, all the more reason to be safe and sane and do things as, as slowly as you as you can or, or need to. And then uh, as we're describing, you know, have the opportunity to come back out with a metabolic building phase, um, a reverse dieting or diet recovery phase, however you feel is best for you. But on that back end where people are increasing food, you know, either reversing after the contest or building before, uh, I'm curious if you have good cases or bad cases where people just went too far. They dieted so long, maybe stayed in prep for two years or 18 months to try and cover two contest seasons. And, and they really did have some, some harm in terms of how they were able to look and recover from that. Yeah, I definitely had a client who competed too long. She had digestive issues. And as much as I told her, no, she was going to keep going. And, you know, the stress of that just got worse and worse and worse as, you know, she continued to, you know, want to do the next show. And not only was it bad in the sense that di the digestion was bad, but um, the post-show feedings were um, like something I'd never seen before as a coach, you know, we're talking, not only did we lose 40 pounds for the prep, but I think we probably lost another 50 to 60 from 10 pound post-show gain, losing eight to 10 pounds in a week. You know, we, we nailed the first show. She looked incredible. And then we were about two pounds up and then three pounds up. And then finally I convinced her, you know, go, you know, go a longer period of time between shows. We were going to do much longer, but then it only ended up in three weeks, you know, and uh, just maybe a little bit addicted to competing, which certainly had some, health ramifications and that was a long time ago before I even knew what I knew now but I knew better um but now knowing so much more you realize how much even worse that was you know and uh you know as a coach you never want to pull away to not help somebody um I, I was giving her as much advice as I could at the time um you know, and I, I think knowing what I know now, I might have actually just said, absolutely not. And you're going to have to find somebody else at this point. You know, when you're newer in your career, it's easier to do that.
Well, that's a, that's a great point in that it's not always time. If you look at time of dieting, if, if, the, if this is an X, Y axis, then the correlate to that is the, the volume or the depth of the calorie deficit. So I'll give you an example when I was kind of a new pro and I think I maybe have, you know, was dieting for 16 or 20 weeks, but I lost so aggressively, like I was really wanting to be lean enough. And so my calorie deficit, my amount of cardio, I was in much more of a nosedive and, and it was a shorter prep, but I looked pretty awful. I mean, I had really lost some size irreparably. I couldn't gain that back just with, you know, peak week and so forth. And so obviously I didn't take my own advice because even then I knew that a metabolic building phase and so forth would be helpful and taking a little bit more time. Uh, I had just made that decision to kind of rush into this prep and paid the price. And then having done longer ones with an appropriate you know, building phase, I, I think the very last season uh, before I retired as a pro, uh, I think I spent eight months dieting. So six months for my first contest, which did include some calorie moderation coming back into the contest that I had six to eight weeks before the next one, my final contest. So I was able to have a little bit of a, a small diet break and then kind of dip back down, get even leaner. And, and it was fine. I mean, that's where I actually looked my best. I was able to retire having reached my best condition going through a full eight month phase where prior in four months, I looked pretty shitty just trying to rush it. And, and so it's not, it's not always the time. One more quick example, current client of mine, who's a great female bikini competitor, she's about eight weeks post contest right now and weighs the exact same as her stage weight. Uh, but she's just been gradually increasing her calories, increasing calories, increasing calories, decreasing cardio and so forth. Uh, it's just an intrinsic value. She wants to look lean and healthy. She wants to be lean and healthy. She doesn't have the goal of gaining 10 pounds back just to say that she's gained 10 pounds back. And she's, she's actually tracking. She's a medical professional and she's tracking some of her her blood panel work and so forth and you know she's seeing that rebound effect where she's recovering nicely but she didn't need to have that crazy break and so my contention is since she's still at her contest weight and she's getting healthier and buffering against any physiological abnormalities that's kind of what we want, right? Like that's how you should be entering a contest is being that healthy and that lean, but with a higher calorie intake. If you compare that to your client you just mentioned who started binging and gaining weight, you, you definitely have a time component after a calorie deficit where you can be as lean as you possibly wanted to be and then binge and gain 10 or 15 pounds of body fat in three weeks and you're still hormonally, metabolically not recovered. That That's not what a, quote, recovery diet does. So now she could have gained all of that body fat, and she still is pretty metabolically adapted downward. And so now you feel like, well, now I want to get some of this weight back off, but you're already in the tank metabolically because you didn't give yourself enough time. So again, you know, think of it as, as that X, Y axis. You've got that time element, but also the intensity of that calorie deficit. Yeah, for sure. And 
I can't, I again think there's some mental fortitude that goes into that, but you do kind of have to think in averages on like what people can handle and, and so long. And this is why in the off season, I give people relaxed days and untracked days and stuff like that. And sometimes people even struggle with that. But I tell them, like, if you struggle with that now, you're going to struggle even more when you go back into prep and you haven't hit the brakes a little bit. I think some future research, because now more people are looking at terminology like diet breaks and metabolic homeostasis, metabolic adaptation. Uh, the original study or two done on diet breaks, as as Eric Helms talks about, you know, showed that having a week or two of a moderate diet break back up to calorie maintenance or a couple days here and there, two days here and there, even over the course of six or so months, you you just don't see big unchecked rebounds in metabolic change, metabolic health. Um, so maybe for people's psychology and their ability to kind of trudge through it, that's a good thing. But you still have that chunk of time that you have to consider you are in a calorie deficit, even if you have some moderate plateaus that we'll call diet breaks. And you're also getting closer and closer or under your metabolic set point. And that just has to be respected. So, so back to the, our original question, you know, how long is too long? Even if you're doing good diet breaks, there's still kind of a, a terminal endpoint. And, and honestly, I, I see that people who go beyond 10 to 12 months, they just start losing it. Like they, they can't get that muscle fullness back without a full off season. They can't get that metabolic capacity back. Uh, you, you just have to pull the plug. So, so you know, my, my main point for those people who are looking at, well, I, I did so well this season and it's maybe the end of the year and the first contests are just two months away. Maybe I can just kind of hang in there and, and compete again next year. You know, I, th I think that's when it, it gets to be tough physically. And, and I just don't think you're going to look better in those later months. Yeah. Yeah, you for sure need to have an overall focus during all of the seasons. But I kind of like to think of the intensity as a dimmer switch versus the switch just being on all the time. And I think there's a lot of coaches that promote that, that, you know, if you, you know, have a untracked meal here and there, you're a bad client or a bad athlete. Uh, I also find a lot of those coaches don't put very many people on stage. And if they do, it's for a very short time frame and uh, with a pretty low success rate usually as well. So my final comment being on that front end, going back to the first client I mentioned, I'll give you an example of why it's critical to manage people with high metabolic rates and who may be more ectomorphic. Uh, I had a client I've mentioned probably a couple of times in the in the past few months who was, he's still to this day, the leanest human being I've ever seen. And that's saying something. I've seen some great competitors. I mean, I've just, I've never seen a human body like this guy. And when I thought we were ready, he said, no, Joe, I've got another level. Like I can get leaner. I can get leaner. I can get leaner. So I'm kind of managing this. I'm watching the process. And sure enough, you know, for a guy who now has four pro cards and four different categories, you know, men's bodybuilding, physique, modeling, et cetera, and a couple pro titles, it really did benefit him to diet 
a little bit more slowly, a little bit more deeply to get that lean where his, he just didn't even look like he had skin over his muscle tissue. Then we had the ability to really build back up some fullness, strategically good timing into those contests where he could have been one of those people that you can argue, well, he could be ready in eight weeks. He could be ready in 12 weeks. Why, why make him suffer through 16 or 20 or 24 weeks of a diet? But again, being able to take a little bit more slowly, preserve fullness and lean body mass, and then come back up as needed, you know, that's, that's even a help for people who don't struggle metabolically. Yeah, absolutely. I think those people are at more risk of loss as well, since they do have that faster met rate. So you are correct, a little bit slower approach is better. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, let's uh, let's wrap up there. If you guys have any questions and want to throw them in comments with us or contact us directly, of course, we we love some some engagement and interact with you guys. Uh, quick reminder: we also have our Contest Prep University D One Club, uh, a group of competitors that we even talk to privately outside of sessions like this. We have a, a group where we have conversations and so forth. So that's only three bucks a month if you want to be part of that private group in Contest Prep University. But uh, other than that, we will see you guys next time when we do a Contest Prep University feature.